Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source. Okay, so let's talk about vertical restraints. And when I say vertical restraints, what we're really talking about is a restraint on some form of conduct between an upstream vendor or supplier and his downstream customer, or between you, who may be the um, upstream supplier, and your downstream customer or your downstream um, distributor. Either way, it is a vertical relationship. And when there is a vertical relationship, there's conduct between the two that can raise antitrust concerns. So let me just detail for you uh, some of the more common types of vertical restraints. Well, the first is resale price fixing. And what resale price fixing essentially means is, let's say I'm the manufacturer and I sell to my distributor, you, and I say you can only, I will only sell to you if you will resell this at X price. That's resale price fixing. Now, up until a few years ago, that used to be per se illegal. It was a price fixing Agreement. The Supreme Court, however, in a um, well-known case called Legion, overturned that ruling and overturned that, that line of cases and basically held that vertical price fixing will be judged under the rule of reason. Now, that doesn't mean it's legal. It still has to pass antitrust muster under that analysis, but it's no longer per se illegal. Now, there is a caveat there because under many states, they have enacted special antitrust statutes that have made resale price fixing per se illegal, notwithstanding the fact that the states normally follow the federal precedent. In, in these instances, many states, I know Maryland and, and some others, have specifically enacted statutes that have made it illegal to uh, engage in resale price fixing. And even the states that have not uh, formally enacted statutes to repeal, if you will, legion, have by either common law or by um, state AG fiat have uh, dictated that their view is that resale price fixing is um, per se illegal. Okay, uh, that's one instance. Uh, another instance is when a manufacturer and a certain retailer uh, refuse to deal with a certain party. That refusal to deal is not between competitors, but it's between an ups an upstream supplier and a downstream customer. Uh, when that happens, that could raise antitrust issues. Full-line forcing, where an upstream supplier basically tells his customers that if you want any of my goods, you, ha- you have to take my entire line of goods or services. Um, that, under certain circumstances, can raise antitrust concerns. Exclusive dealing, reciprocal dealing, um, exclusive territories for distributorships. Again, often these can be pro-competitive and there are valid reasons for them, but they can raise antitrust concerns. And and again, before you engage in the conduct, you probably should consult your antitrust counsel. One issue that is very hot in the the papers today, um, it involves a number of private class actions as well as government investigations and government litigation is most favored nation clauses where essentially a um, a dominant purchaser tells suppliers that if you want me to purchase from you, you have to guarantee that I get the best price. Why that may be problematic, we'll get into in a, in a future broadcast. But if, if you're being forced to enter into a most favored nation clause or you're demanding one, 
and one of the parties has market power, you probably should consult company and antitrust counsel. Tying arrangements, which is uh, another sort of form of full-line forcing where basically where I have market power in product A and I say, fine, if you want to buy product A, you will also have to buy product B. Whether and when that is a, a problem, again, is something you should probably consult your antitrust counsel with, but it certainly does raise antitrust concerns. Tying comes up pretty often. It's generally there's one seller There's two distinct products. You condition the sale of one product on the purchase of a second and that the seller's market power in in the tying product market is they're trying to leverage that into the tied product market, you know, the market for product B, if you will. So those are some examples of vertical restraints that can raise um, antitrust concerns and antitrust issues. And they are, you know, they happen day to day, and your business people need to be made aware that, you know, in the main, some of these are generally going to be okay, but they do need to consult in-house counsel or at least somebody um, in management to make them aware of what is going on and be sensitized to the fact that this could become problematic if certain conditions arise. Again, in future broadcasts, we'll break these down into you know smaller chunks and discuss when and where these violations can occur and when some of these practices are you know fully legitimate. So, but that's the overview for vertical restraints. Now, again, this has been Jay Levine. I'm a partner in the D.C. office of Porter Wright, Morris, and Arthur. If you have any suggestions for a future podcast or wish to be a guest, please let us know. You are welcome to follow me, and I invite you to follow me on Twitter at at J.L. Levine. That's J-A-Y-L-L-E-V-I-N-E. Or please connect with me on LinkedIn. For now, this is Jay Levine. Have a great day. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.